The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go Beyond Reality. Good evening, good morning, and welcome. It's Beyond Reality Radio on what is national, or I think it's actually World UFO Day. I didn't realize it was World UFO Day until Orion just brought it up. July 2nd, which it's now the third here on the East Coast, but July 2nd is World UFO Day. There's actually two World UFO Days, as, as I did a little research here just a few minutes ago. One is June 24th, the day before my birthday, and the second one is July 2nd. And the reason there are two is June 24th was one of the, is the anniversary in 1947 of the widely reported, uh, first widely reported UFO sightings in America. And uh, then uh, just a few short days later, it was the Roswell incident on July 2nd, 1947, that same year. So there are two UFO, World UFO Days, June 24th, July 2nd, and uh, we are just on the cusp of missing the second of the two, July 2nd. But I caught it. Most of you are still in, uh, in July 2nd, so you're able to celebrate. I don't know how you celebrate, but you can. They suggest going out and looking up into the sky and see if you, to see if you can see anything. So if you're in a place where um, the sky is clear, go try that out. Just make sure you take your radio or your whatever device you're listening to the show on along with you. Um, so in celebration of World UFO Day and a day that saw a total eclipse of the sun, a solar eclipse in the southern hemisphere, um, we are going to have an astrologer on the program. Athlan Shimenti will be with us. He's a sidereal astrologer he's going to be discussing the solar eclipse and how sidereal astrology is different than traditional astrology Um, we'll be talking to him in just a little bit also looking ahead tomorrow night ryan o'shea will be here on the show ryan is an entrepreneur and a futurist and he'll be talking about transhumanism biohacking and the future of humanity we've talked a lot about uh, artificial intelligence and and the uh, combination of man and machine, computers, implants, all these things that are happening, um, or at least on the horizon of mankind, and uh, how will they affect us as as a species, as a civilization? That's what Ryan O'Shea will be talking about Thursday night and Friday night. Thursday's the fourth, so there'll be a best of program, and Friday there's always a best of. And then Monday we'll be back with Daniel Duke. He's the author of a book called Jesse James and the Lost Templar Treasure. He'll be presenting evidence that Jesse James, who, by the way, is his great-great-grandfather, hid treasure and encoded maps as part of the Knights of the Golden Circle. That'll be Monday night's program. So a lot of great stuff coming up here on Beyond Reality Radio. We appreciate you joining us. And uh, if you're listening on a radio station in your area, thank them for us. We uh, appreciate them being part of the Beyond Reality Radio affiliate network. And if you're listening to a live stream, share it with your friends on social media. If it's the podcast, do the same thing. Share it. Let people know about it. So, again, a lot of great stuff coming up tonight. We're going to be talking about astrology. We're also going to be taking your phone calls. And uh, Athen will be doing readings for you um, later in the show. We will take those calls at 607-282-4497. I'll give the phone number out again in a little while, and I will let you know when we will start taking those phone calls. So we'll go to break when we come back. Athen. Shimenti will be with us right here on Beyond Reality Radio tonight. We are talking about astrology. 
Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a shark and save. Our guest tonight is Athan Shimenti. He is a sidereal astrologer. We'll be talking about the solar eclipse and how sidereal astrology is different than traditional astrology and a lot more. Athan, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hey, thanks, JV. It's good to be here. So, let, yeah, let's start out getting an idea of what we are actually going to be talking about. And the first thing I'll ask you is what is astrology to begin with? What are we talking about here? Yes, yeah, a great question. So everyone has a bit of a different view on on how astrology works um, and why it works. Me personally, I view it as I don't think the planets actually have any effect on us necessarily. I think all that's really taking place is that they're just telling us what time it is. So the only thing we really have that's consistent, uh, you know, as a sort of timekeeper, are the planets, right? Everything else doesn't really have that consistency. So I think when we're looking at astrology, we're just telling what time it is. And there's these cycles in life. And throughout certain cycles and phases of that cycle, certain things happen. So throughout the past thousands of years, we've just noticed these patterns. And so when it is a certain timing based on the planetary placement, let's say, we notice those types of things happening in our life based on that timing of the cycle, which you could arguably say everything is sort of experiencing that same type of energy at that time in that part of the cycle. At least that's the way I see it. Do the differences have to do with the way the the uh, celestial bodies are lining up and the energy that they uh, influence each other with? Is that part of what's happening here? I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, obviously, like we don't know that, but there is that theory of like atoms, right? And so if you were to look at our solar system as if it was like a unit, like an atom, and let's say the planets were sort of like the electrons in this example, then it is possible that like certain alignments would cause certain frequencies within the solar system, and, and that would be the kind of energy there. So I'm not exa- that's definitely a very popular belief in terms of how astrology works. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't really fit within that particular camp as much as I think it's just synchronistically. Um, there's cycles in the universe and astrology is just helping us see what part of that cycle we're in. So now there's not just one type of astrology, right? There are several, and in particular, there's, um, well, I'll let you tell us what they are, because I know that there's a tropical and there's the sidereal, which is what you uh, practice. So tell us what different versions of astrology there are and how they vary. Yeah, so... Basically, there's mainstream astrology, which is what everyone's used to. It's your sun sign. You know, most everyone knows their sun sign or, you know, I've at least heard of like, um, you know, the, the mainstream horoscopes and things like this. That's the most common mainstream type of stuff that unfortunately doesn't use the actual placements of the sky. So we would think that, you know, if someone said your sun was in Gemini, that the sun was actually literally in the sun of Gemini when you're born. Uh, um, but unfortunately in the West, uh, that's not the case. And in, in most cases, it's actually a full sign difference. So if, 
someone said your sun sign was in Gemini, it may actually be in Taurus, the constellation before that. So a lot can change in terms of uh, from the mainstream and then the actual placements. So the type of work that I do is called sidereal astrology, uh, which does take into account the actual size and location of the constellations. You know, a really good example of this is everyone, like with your sun signs, you notice how it's an even 30 days almost. You know, it's like 30 days for this sign, 30 days for that sign. And that would assume that, you know, the constellations were an even 30 degrees each or they were all the same size. But actually, if you look up at the sky, you'll see some constellations are much larger and smaller than each other. So that's really a good way of looking at it in terms of the real difference between this more simplified mainstream system that doesn't use the actual size and location versus sidereal or true sidereal, which which does in this case. So give me an example of, uh, I'll just use myself, okay? My birthday is June 25th. Um, I've been a cancer, uh, at least I thought I've been a cancer all my life. Um, would that differ with sidereal astrology versus the tropical? Yes, it does, actually. So the sun was actually in Gemini at the time of your birth. So if you were to, you know, look up at the sky, or if you, you go use a, like a planetarium software and you go type in your birth date, you'll see mm-hmm. the sun was actually in Gemini. Really? So, yeah, which makes total sense, right? Because you're doing radio broadcasting. A lot of what you do deals with communication. And that's essentially what Gemini is. It's all about communication. It's all about, you know, spreading of information and that kind of thing. And that's exactly where we just had the solar eclipse, too, by the way, which I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah, we will. Um, So uh, the differences, where did these differences come from? Why is there a split in where uh, the actual... Uh, constellations are above us versus what one um, zodiac is telling us. Right, exactly. Um, so this all started about roughly 2,000 years ago when this mainstream system actually did reflect the actual sky. So at that time, when you looked up at the sky and the mainstream was using the system, it all matched. The thing is, is we have this, what we call the procession, of the equinoxes, which is the sun isn't coming back to its same place every year. There's a very, very slight variation. And this is about one degree every 72 years. So roughly every 72 years, the sun is not coming back by one degree. So over 2,000 years, now we're a full sign, sometimes two full signs away from where they actually were. So when mainstream, this what's called tropical astrology and mainstream Western astrology, when this started roughly about 2,000 years ago, they fixed it. They said, okay, let's make it very simple. Let's give everything an even 30 degrees, and let's just match it to the seasons because that was a very easy way to just look like sun signs. You know, when you're born between this day and that day, you know, it makes it very easy and simple. The issue is, is that at the time it made total sense, but throughout the dark ages in the West – they kept using this system, or at least the system was sort of propagated to the masses. Um, and so for that reason, we're still using this seasonal-based system when it doesn't use the actual sky. So most people just don't know. I mean, that's really yeah. just the big thing. Most people, you know, we just assume that it means that's where our sun was or whatever the planet was at that time. Uh, so it's really just something we're all sort of coming more aware of 
thanks to technology and the internet and things like this. Is that what's happening? Technology is giving us the ability to actually make these measurements in more detail or more specifically that's making us aware of this? Exactly. Yeah. Because without technology, it would like, it's already hard enough to create astrological charts just using more simplified systems. Like, you know, like before computers, it would take like a good, at least 30 minutes for a professional astrologer just to create the chart. Um, but yeah, add procession, add the actual size of the constellations, and you have a far more complex thing. So it could have been done. It's just far, far more complex. So the the folks that are still practicing the tropical astrology, which um, is kind of an error at this point, do they have a rationalization for that, or are they all moving over to uh, sidereal? No, they do. They have they have the uh, rationalization. Um, the main, in, in in a sense, I I totally agree with them. It's essentially still a system. So like I was saying earlier, where we're really just using these planets as measurements of what part of the cycle we're in collectively. And so mainstream is still using what's called, what's called a seasonal system. So it's still based around the seasons, which is still a consistent thing. And so therefore there's measurements and therefore you can see sort of, you know, you can be able to predict certain events. Um, but in this case, I don't know if you want to call it astrology. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people that would like really, you know, argue that and say, absolutely, it's astrology. But, but again, it's not using the actual constellation. So I think it's accurate as some sort of seasonal-based, you know, timing system. We could call it astrology, but seasonal-based. Whereas with, yeah, true sidereal or sidereal, it's what I consider the roots of where astrology came from. And it's literally looking up at the sky and seeing where the planets are. And how long have you been doing this? Um, this has been a, a passion for you for quite some time, hasn't it? Yeah, about um, six years doing it professionally. Mm-hmm. What attracted you to it? Uh, this is not something that everybody wakes up and says, oh, this is what I'm going to pursue today. Right. Um, so, yeah, around that time, about seven, eight years ago, I did come to a spiritual awakening Um Got into Eckhart Tolle, for those of you who know that, who that is, very good um, meditation teacher. And I just started practicing meditation and just had one day on the uh, winter solstice of 2011, just a really profound spiritual awakening where I just had an immense sense of presence and awareness and just became aware of the fact that there's so much more, not that I conceptualized it, but I was just aware that there was so much more. Because prior to that, I was very rational. Like, you had to verify everything with me, like, totally scientific. But from that moment of kind of having that awareness, um, I just blew my mind. And since then, I've been getting really deep into, like, metaphysics and obviously astrology and other modalities. So that's what I did at the time. And astrology just stuck because it was the most rational of all the different modalities out there for me. So it just fit my personality in that sense. And then just like everyone else, I thought the mainstream system was the actual placements. And then, you know, the day I found out that it's not, that's when I really um, started to go hardcore into the uh, true true sidereal system. We've got about uh, a minute here before we have to go to break. Who is the founder of astrology? Or is, is, is it more broadly uh, uh, created than that? Yeah, I honestly think that this is something we've always done as humans, uh, set around the campfire, looked up at the sky, saw patterns, and just had stories, you know, and then started to notice the synchronicities in our life. And then eventually 
astrology was just born from that, is what I believe. Anthony, I want to ask you about... The di- you've actually made some several references references here that I want a little bit of clarification on. You've talked about planets and houses and signs. Where does all this come together? Uh, what are each of those things, and how do they play a role in this? Okay, yeah. Um, so signs is everyone's sun sign, right? So it's Aries through Pisces, the constellations there. Um, and so that's a little more of a general thing in the astrology because, like, for the sun sign, for example, like, you know, on average, about 30 days, everyone's going to have that same that same uh, sign for their sun. But then, of course, there's other planets, so all the other planets are in different signs. But once you really get into houses, um, that's where it gets really individualized and really personal. And the reason is, is that houses basically represent the sky divided up into uh, different parts. Uh, in my system, it's like an equal equal parts. And the reason that's important is that once you start to get into the minute or even the second, um, you know, of someone's birth, it really starts to change where the planets are placed in the chart. So if you think of the chart, it's basically a division of the sky at the time of someone's birth. And since we have, you know, the earth in rotation, the um, constellations are constantly rising and changing in the sky, about a sign every two and a half hours. So, that's when it really gets individualized because then you have the planets in different parts of the chart that can change by quite a bit just within a couple minutes of variation. So houses and signs um, is mainly what you look at uh, in terms of where the planets are. Everything's based around the planets. And then how those planets are configured to each other are called the aspects, and that adds an extra layer of information to see is the sun and moon in a more challenging position to each other or Venus and Mars, or whatever it is, or is in a more supportive position, uh, then that gives you another layer of information. And then you can, of, of course, go deeper with it, too, in terms of what stars are they next to, um, you know, all kinds of deeper stuff. But that's the basics here. Signs, houses, and then the angular relationship between the planets called the aspects. Now, with the minor minor differences that you pointed out in those things uh, affect the way two people born on the same day might have uh, two varying um, horoscopes or readings or um, personalities even? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because once something changes to a different house, I mean, it drastically changes that thing. So if it was that sun in Gemini... It would be drastically different to have a sun in Gemini and say the first house versus the second house, for example. Can astrology be used to make predictions or observations on uh, inanimate things like, let's say, world events? That's an excellent question. Um, yes, I, I believe. I'm actually still on the fence about it, to be totally honest. Um, I think no matter what, astrology is best used for personal growth and personal development, and I think it's showing more of an internal process of of our experiences. But with that being said, obviously, since we're part of this macrocosm, like we're all connected and we're all having these shared experiences, yes, there are these collective things, but I don't think it's that astrology is predicting events as much as it's just kind of the likelihood that certain events might take place because there is that collective frequency of energy between all the people involved kind of thing. When two astrologers look at the same information, they may come up with 
either slightly different or in some cases very much uh, different uh, observations and interpretations of that information. Where do those differences come from? That's an excellent question. Um, So obviously in technique, and the techniques do vary by quite a bit. So for example, if there was a Western astrologer interpreting something, and then let's say a Vedic astrologer over in India, or just anyone using Vedic system, um, drastically different because of the two completely different systems that they're using, and they're seeing synchronicities based on different sort of, um, let's just say, variables. With, but in, even within, though, let's say two Western astrologers, even they're using different variables in terms of what they're considering important, what they're weighing is more important or less important. So, some of them might be looking at certain things that the other one might not be. I mean, it really is endless at the end of the day in terms of what astrology can be used as because, like, in my opinion, we're still at the very infancy of astrology and this very basic stuff like the houses, signs, and the aspects is just the more, like, it's just the basic elements of it. So depending on how deep you go and what your unique system is and even your intuition because, you know, what you're guided towards with your intuition can change things drastically as well. All these slight nuances, um, yeah, they can change your reading by quite a bit. So um, you said we're in the infancy, but at the, but at the same time, um, people have been doing this for thousands of years. So when you say infancy, do you mean we're in the at the in the infancy of understanding more specifically what's happening above us based on this technology we were talking about previously? Yeah, just in general, I just think as human beings, like we have way more growth to do. Um, obviously, like I just believe, like it just and this is for any field or any industry, really. I just think humans are just we're in a basic level of consciousness, and as we continue to evolve, we'll obviously reach higher levels and gain more information, more insight, and you know stuff like astrology, just like any other industry, will just get more and more dynamic and involved. Now, your website is uh, masteringthezodiac.com, and you offer readings on your website. Now, when you do a reading for somebody, a personalized reading, what type of information do you need from them? So for readings, uh, at the very basic level, um, just the birth date, um, that's really all you need for the signs. But if you want to get into the houses, then it's going to be birth date, location, and time of birth. It's the location and time that's going to make it exacting to that sky at where the person was born at that time. Does does name have anything to do with it? Does is there are there any other factors on a personal level that influence this at all, or is it strictly birth date and time? For me, it's just the basic. Yeah, for me, it's just the astrology. Some astrologers will, will use numerology and intuition. Some will even use tarot cards and things to facilitate. Um, but as far as you know, as far as I go, like I said earlier, I'm just very uh, pragmatic with the approach. I'm just verifying it based on the sky, seeing what time it is, and what might be going on in a person's life based on that. Let's talk more about how the planets affect this. Do each of the planets have a certain set of traits uh, that would be ascribed to somebody who uh, identifies with that planet? Is that is that how it works? Yeah, so... All the planets are going to have that different – basically, all the planets are showing a different aspect of the human experience. So a really good example is like Venus and Mars. So Venus is like everything that we're attracted to. It's what we find beautiful. It's what we enjoy. It also 
rules like harmony and relationships and things, basically all the things we would think of when we think of Venus, like in mythology and stuff. And then you have Mars, which is like, you could just sum it up like the god of war. It's about directness, assertiveness, ambition, our goals, our needs. So this is, so all the planets are basically just dividing up the psyche, you could say, or the human experience or the universal experience of life into different aspects of it, looking at it from that side of it. Um, so in a person's chart, yeah, they might have a prominent Mars, a very strong Mars, well-placed, you know, in a fire sign or something like this. And then that's going to bring out more of that kind of quality in their personality versus Venus or Mercury or whatever the other planet is in that case. When somebody has a given sign, again, as I thought, I was cancer given my birth date, and it's, it appears that that may be changing or may need to be changed. Um, you know, you're often told, oh, yeah, I can tell you're a cancer because you have this personality trait. You have this this trait. How is it that people born within a certain uh, set of dates uh, that correspond to the Zodiac uh, do seem to end up with these personality traits or characteristics that you can identify? Yeah, great question. Um, so in this case, I, like I said earlier, I still think that the tropical system is accurate to a point. I think what it's showing is a little bit more of the surface personality stuff because, again, it's based around the seasons, and so symbolically this is more representative, more physical kind of karmic kind of stuff. So I think it's accurate to a degree. But here's the thing. Like when you're looking at the sun, for example, which is what everyone knows in, in Western astrology, the mainstream sun sign. There's two planets that are always orbiting next to the sun relative to Earth, and that's Venus and Mercury. And so they're never so they're never more than for Mercury it's never more than forty five degrees away from the sun, and then for Venus about ninety. So you have about a fifty percent chance, if not greater actually, that one of those two planets is in the sign that's neighboring it, right, in the mainstream sign, the sign that's right next to it, right? So um, very, very often when I get readings and someone goes, hey, I identified with this cancer or whatever it was, energy, you know, many times there's the Mercury's there, Venus is there, or there's even a chance that some other planet's there, because even though the other planets are next to the sun necessarily, there's still, generally speaking, one in 12 chance that they're in you know, that other sign. So when it really gets interesting, though, is why they're identifying with it. So like in the case for you, like with your sun sign, like I would say, like, notice how with the sun, see, the sun represents how you express yourself and what you focus on. So how you express yourself and what you focus on may not necessarily be in that Cancerian way. So cancer is more about emotions and feelings and creating a safe environment and protection and caring and nurturing and stuff. And although you can definitely have those qualities, because we all have them, uh, the way you're expressing yourself, which is the sun specifically, seems definitely very Gemini, obviously, with what you're doing with your profession stuff. It's about the information, it's expressing it, right, and it's conversing, communication, like all this stuff is ruled by Gemini. This is kind of a short segment, Athen. I want to ask you, you also have a YouTube channel that's pretty active. What goes on there? Yeah, um, so Mastering the Zodiac on uh, YouTube. Um, yeah, daily videos, essentially. So every day there's a forecast looking at where the planets are right now. And that does a uh, good job of sort of showing where the energies are collectively at the moment and how you can work with those energies to 
go about your day, like constructively and helpfully. Give, give, me, give us an example of how that would work for somebody. What do these videos offer? So, like for the solar eclipse, so the latest video there is on the solar eclipse. So I go into essentially what the energies are that are being brought out from the solar eclipse. In this case, it's Gemini. So it's a time of setting intentions. Uh, it's a time of listening. The solar eclipse is very symbolic of this dimming kind of energy um, to turn within, inward, um, and, and see what new is arising from that. And Gemini, again, is all about new things emerging collectively regarding communication, regarding learning and thinking. Gemini is very much about what we think about, our thought processes, our perspectives, and then how to incorporate this new approach to life where we are more communicative, we are more mentally thinking in such a way that we're flexible, we're adaptive, we're trying new things, you know, kind of treating life as this area to learn. So with that kind of insight, like talking about it in that kind of way, um, it helps for setting intentions, it helps for developing that side of ourselves, and really just to gain a little bit more clarity in terms of why we're feeling the way that we're feeling or whatever we might be experiencing, you know, in that day with uh, with just our general lives. You've worked with a lot of people, and I'm sure um, um, among all those people, you've seen a wide range of problems, emotions, whatever it happens to be. Is there an, any particular good time or really even an urgent time when this type of information can be helpful to somebody? Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest help that I think astrology helps with is, our life path. So in the astrology, there's this part of the chart. There's two angles of the chart, north and south nodes, and they do a really good job of helping us become a little bit more aware of what are the life path lessons and what are we here to experience and how can we work with these lessons and experiences in such a way that's more constructive, more balanced, more helpful. Um, so when we're kind of forced with, like, decisions and if there's something in our life that, you know, we're uncertain about or we want to actually, um, you know, bring more balance into or more health into, the life path stuff really helps us with saying, okay, here's this path. How can I align with it? Here's what life's helping me learn. Maybe, you know, becoming aware of that helps us learn about it consciously. It just helps us live a little more consciously and just a little bit more, you know, intentionally and, um become a little bit clearer in terms of what we're actually here to do, essentially. We've got about a minute here before we have to go back to break. Have you uh, any particular uh, stories that you could share with us of somebody who came to you and, and you offered them this kind of guidance and it, uh, it, it, it changed their life in a way that you could actually see directly? Um, I mean, every day. I mean, I get <laughs> emails saying people really, you know, found what they saw in the astrology super helpful for them. But, yeah, personally, in my close relationships as well, um, you know, a really good friend, um, with her particular path that she was going down, the in this case, north and south nodes, helped her gain some clarity so that she had a little bit more purpose. For her, it was to have a little bit more peace and acceptance in her life, uh, more of a receptive approach. Um, and um, through that process, she found a lot more peace and well-being and more balance in her life from that.
Looking ahead at the shows coming up here on Beyond Reality Radio, tomorrow night, Ryan O'Shea will be with us. Ryan will be talking about transhumanism, biohacking, and the future of humanity as man and machine start to become combined. Uh, Thursday night will be the 4th of July, and we will have a best-of program, and we'll have the same on Friday night. And then Monday, Daniel Duke will be with us. Daniel is the great-great-grandson of Jesse James, and he's written a book called Jesse James and the Lost Templar Treasure, which presents evidence that Jesse James hid treasure and encoded maps as part of the Knights of the Golden Circle. That'll be Monday's program next week. Don't forget to come by our Facebook page and give it a like, Beyond Reality Radio on Facebook. Also, stop by my Facebook page. It's J.V. Johnson on Facebook. Like that as well. And then swing by YouTube and find the YouTube channel that we stream live on. And we also have an archive of about, I think about 300 programs on there right now, plus some special content. All you have to do to do is go to YouTube and search for JV Johnson. You'll find that. It's a great way to watch the show if you want to watch it um, you know, when it's not live or if you don't have a radio station in your local area that carries the program, you can watch the live stream. In addition to having all the audio, you get a shot of the studio and what's going on um, uh, in that sense as well. So it's a nice way to to participate. Plus, there's a chat room there. A lot of great people in the chat room. We take questions in chat, and we have a lot of great conversation there. So uh, make sure you swing by and do that. We'll be taking your phone calls in just a little while at 607-282-4497. Again, our guest is Athen Cimenti. And Athen, I want to ask you about the solar eclipse today that uh, Chile and Argentina uh, got a great view. Um, Tell us why solar eclipses are, A, first first of all, so spectacular, but secondly, why they're important when it comes to astrology. Yeah, uh, very rare events. I mean, you know, especially the total eclipses um, when they're visible and, and when we're able to see them. Um, but in this sense, yeah, astrologically, it is this new beginning. I mean, essentially what a solar eclipse is is the new moon, but it's where the sun and moon are intersecting on their paths, of course, which is why we have the, the eclipse. The reason this is important astrologically is that it, it involves this overlap between the moon energy, which is our feminine side, our receptive side, internalized side, and then the sun, which is our active, out in the world focused um, on external events side. So when these eclipses, essentially you're getting this kind of reemergence between the inner and the outer, the receptive, the active, masculine, feminine, like this kind of merging where um, it's this new beginning of integration. And in this sense, the integration being of the Gemini energy, um, being of this new birth for each of us, but again, collectively in terms of the importance of that communicative and learning process that I was talking about. So just a really good time to listen. I don't know if everyone felt the energy, but, you know, today it is this kind of dimming process and the mind's kind of, you know, the sun, which represents like our focus and all this is kind of dimming. Our minds are kind of dimming a little bit. There's a reset happening with things in terms of how we're thinking, what we're thinking. There's a lot being released with that as well. And um, over the next couple of days, we'll see what new is shaping up in our lives. This will be happening in different areas for everybody. Some of it might be relationships, others maybe career, whatever it might be. But um, yeah, these next few days, we'll see what emerges from this. And, and this will impact us for about the next six months and up to about a year when you're looking at the solar cycle with this. 
Now, if my memory serves me, and it believe me, it doesn't frequently, but if it does serve me, we had uh, quite an eclipse that was visible uh, over most of the United States. Was that last August? Am I am I remembering that correctly? Uh, the eclipses, yeah, it was August. The, the mm-hmm. great yeah. great American eclipse that was um, that was visible through a, a path of the United States that was pretty robust. Um, and after that eclipse, because it happened just about a year ago, what types of things did you see change or renew or energies did you feel? So at that time, it was in cancer, I believe. Um, so that was an emotional reset, whereas this one's much more about the mind and the mental energy getting the reset. That one was about more things regarding the past, our feelings, our roots, our soul, our emotions, feelings. You know, it's kind of more watery stuff. So um, I can't remember specifically what I was going through at that time, but it was definitely a reset in terms of my location, mm-hmm. which is a Cancerian thing, and then also in terms of my past and family, uh, new relationships, new perspectives about them, things like that, yeah. Do lunar eclipses have uh, a similar effect? Or they do, yeah. Similar meaning? So that being the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, opposite to the solar eclipse um, in the sense that it represents the full moon energy. So full moon, so lunar eclipse, full moon, that's a time of completion and finalization, um, heightened part of the cycle, whereas this solar eclipse is the new moon energy dealing more with it's the more subtle energy, it's the more spiritual new beginning emerging. So lunar eclipse are more active, like you'll feel way more energized, and there'll even be some things, you know, you'll notice in your life that are completing around that time. And... Um, that is also impactful for our life path. Both eclipses, whether it's solar or lunar, essentially are shifting us along our life journey in some sense. They're dealing with what I talked about earlier regarding the north and south nodes being the life path. That's basically where the sun and moon's paths intersect. And anytime we have an eclipse, it's always some shift to that life journey. With a solar eclipse, it's a new beginning. With a lunar eclipse, usually some sort of completion and then another shift in the right direction. I know that I think I might know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because what we're talking about doesn't necessarily have to do specifically with our calendar. It really has to do with what's going on above us. But do do uh, leap year, any, somebody born on February 29th, um, does that change anything for people? No, because the, the, the calendar we're using, it's, you know, it's just a man-made calendar. Right, so right. with astrology, it's using the actual um location of the planets so and again like what i was saying earlier it's the only actual timekeeping mechanism that we have in the universe like all of our clocks and these calendars and stuff they're you know they're not rooted in nature they have they're obviously like leap year and stuff like it's it's really like minorly inaccurate in that sense but in the case for astrology no i mean the chart would be where the planets are and we would just reference a different date in that in that sense and, um, Athan, we're going to uh, take a few phone calls here and do some readings. And, again, if you want to get in on some questions or have a reading, it's 607-282-4497. Now, the readings that you're going to do, Athan, these are based on um, sidereal astrology, right? Yes, exactly. Yep, the actual location of the planets. Okay, let's um, let's take a couple right now, see if we can fit them in here before the bottom of the hour break. This is Larissa in Nebraska. Hey, Larissa, welcome to the program. Larissa, you there? 
Hmm, I don't know where we're listening. Let's uh, go to Daniel in Independence, Missouri. Hey, Daniel, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? Great, thank you. Um, we need your birth date, and we already know that you're in Independence, Missouri. Yes. No, that's well, that's not where I was born. I was born in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Okay. So, uh, my birth date was uh, May the 12th, 1963, at 2.30 p.m. May 12th, 1963, 2.30 p.m. And what was the name of the uh, town in Missouri again, or the city? Well, it was Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, just outside of Waynesville, Missouri. Waynesville. Okay, I'll use Waynesville. Okay, great. All right, so uh, anything in particular you want to look at, Daniel? Maybe your uh, your signs, your sun sign and moon sign? Sure, that's fine. Okay, so your sun was right in between two constellations between Aries and Taurus. Um, so this very much represents your view of life. The sun energy is kind of the lens in which you, we view life. With Aries, it's the lens in which what can be initiated what can be started, how can we be direct, uh, express our needs and things like this. So when you are getting into that fiery side of yourself where you're very independent, very direct, you'll notice that gives you that prana, that life force and energy there with that. Now, the, the way you'll do this is your natural view of life, like what you focus on, is the deeper aspects of life, like truth, um, depth, um, the deeper meaning behind things. And so that there also will give you that vitality and energy. Now, you do have a little bit of this Taurus energy, too. So if you ever did resonate off of your sun sign being in Taurus, you do have your Mercury here. And, again, your sun's pretty close to it as well. So this would also be a kind of combination between the fiery energy we just talked about, but then also this kind of more resourceful and steady uh, view of life as well. So this will be seen in your outer personality as someone who's maybe initiative and, and direct and independent, but also at the same time, very grounded and resourceful needing to kind of take things one step at a time um, to again, gain that energy and life force. But for you in the most personal sense, it's all geared around the truth. It's geared around depth. Um, and you just naturally are aware of these things and anything you can do to continue to like dive deep with things and do research and uncover the truth or, you know, stuff like this, or re rejuvenate yourself through transforming yourself um, through depth, this can always be a really good source of energy for you. So that's a lot of your outer personality there with the sun, and then your inner personality is um, in Sagittarius. So this is the side of you that comes through more like when you're at home and in your personal life, is that uh, you do have this kind of free-spirited uh, nature about you, that when you are expanding your horizons or doing things like uh, spirituality or astrology or philosophy, more abstract stuff, uh, you do feel emotionally secure. That's what's needed there for that emotional security. And when you are spending time at home and in your personal life, like, you know, in your private life, I think that's very important for your emotional security as well. So that's for all of us. So the moon represents what we need for our emotional security. And for you, it's definitely centered around the, um, the home, the private life, and also with expanding your horizons, either mentally or literally, can also be uh, fulfilling that emotional need there. So where you can grow and, and challenge yourself in this life is with things like career, achievement, or productive stuff, or public-related stuff. That's essentially your life path is to learn and explore all this new stuff, because where you're rooted is definitely in the 
again, personal life and private life stuff. And if you believe in past lives or earlier in this life, there's probably a lot of emphasis on that. So your growth potential, like where you can always challenge yourself is with things like your career or achievement, public related stuff. And you'll find that that's probably exactly what the home life needs or the family life needs or the feelings, um, the emotional life and things of that nature. Does that, uh, does that fit, Daniel? Does that resonate at all? I guess it does. I, I, I have, you know, I had did a lot in my professional life, but that kind of slowed down when I've been on disability since 2013. So, okay. You know, I've been through, I had went out and got, I had started my own business after 20 years of working in insurance and then, you know, right after 207 and 208, it all went down hill and well, that's when I lost yeah. my job, lost my business. And lost my house. Well, uh, oh. sorry to hear that, Daniel. Um, you know, find your find your inner strength here and um, carry forward. Things will turn around for you. Um, that brings up a question. We don't have time to take another call right now, but we will take other more calls on the other side of the break. But Athen, you, what's the difference between a reading like that you just gave versus like a daily horoscope? So with the horoscopes, it's more of the um, collective energies. What are we all experiencing uh, on the planet at that time? Uh, with this, it's, it's definitely more in terms of soul path, soul journey, um, per, you know, individual personality, things like that. So, um, yeah, the daily horoscopes is more of a collective. What are we all experiencing versus the personal birth chart is the unique individual. And um, uh, Daniel there gave you both his uh, birth town plus the town he's living in currently. Which of those two did you actually need? Uh, his birth. His yeah, birth so it's basically where everything was at his birth. Regardless okay. of where he is on the planet now, it's pretty much the same reading. There are some, some things you can look at for his location now, but for the most part, it's, it's uh, general life energy. And is that because wherever you happen to be on the earth when you're born, when you look straight up, it's going to be slightly different? Is that is that part of it? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so his chart is basically as if we were standing in Waynesville, Missouri at fourteen thirty on the twelfth of May nineteen sixty three. This is exactly where all the planets were. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. On your website you also offer some courses. Are these courses designed for people to learn how to actually do this for themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's some video courses there, um, which go through the steps of learning astrology. And there's also one on one courses for those that want to more um uh, you know, intimate one-on-one sort of uh, training for astrology. And what kind of, uh, like, um, subscription services do you offer, if any, where people can get constant updates on their personal readings? Is that something that you do, or is it is it individualized, uh, you know, just whenever they need it? Yeah, it's just it's, it's whenever they need it, um, sessions. Uh, there's um, follow-up sessions, which are discounted, which is... Um, you know, uh, cheaper for like the follow-up readings and stuff like that. Sure. And I did want to mention too, for everyone on your, uh, show here, all your listeners, um, if you do want a reading, I am giving 20% off for your listeners. So if you go to mastering the zodiac.com and forward slash reality, uh, that'll take you to a 20% discount link. Uh, if you do want a professional reading. Oh, oh that's great. Thank you. That's very generous. So again, it's mastering the slash that's a forward slash reality as in beyond reality, but just reality. And it's a 20% discount. Nice. Thank you for doing that for our listeners. Yeah. 
absolutely. All right, let's jump to the phones here. This is Larissa in Nebraska. Hey, Larissa, welcome to the program. Hey, guys. So birth date and town you were born in is what we need. Okay, October 13th. Um, I don't, do you need the year? Mm-hmm. Okay, I know. 87. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> Phoenix. And do you know the time? Um, at 9, 10 a.m. <laughs> okay. All right, so 13th of October, 1987, 9, 10 a.m. in Phoenix, Arizona? Correct. Okay, great. Okay, so uh, we'll do the same thing here. So in terms of your first, your sun sign, which represents your view of life and what gives you energy, um, you do have your sun in Virgo. Virgo is the constellation, which is all about doing the work, taking care of things, pragmatism, um, striving towards improvement and what can be refined and improved in life. So when you do focus on things in this way, you'll notice that that just honors that side of yourself and gives you more of that vitality and energy. Your inner self, which is in contrast to that, is in Gemini. So the side of you that's, again, more at home and in your personal life, uh, likes to use your mind, get into practical things, do some learning or some uh, uh, writing or something like this that really gets into that mental mental and communicative kind of energy um, for you. Now, looking at the houses with this, with your son kind of leaning closer towards your 11th house, um, you know, you may have a natural focus in terms of the world or the future or community or friends and things like that. So when you are focused on these future ideals or these group-related things, you'll find that that also gives you vitality and energy. And when it comes to that moon energy, just like with Daniel, but with his sun sign, in this case, your moon's in the eighth house, this is the needing of depth and deeper connection um, emotionally. So being sort of attuned to the natural truth of things and being able to trust your feelings and all that to arrive to that truth. So does that resonate there in terms of your personality, the outer and inner aspects of yourself? What was that? Uh, Does that that resonate? Um, Quite often, really. I have a lot of of different experiences, um, dreams, deja vus, things like that. Okay. Well, in that sense, you know, you have Mercury and Venus. Uh, Mercury being the planet of your minds and, and thinking and communication is in the 12th house. And the 12th house has to do with the uh, dreams realm, the intuition, the receptive stuff in life. Um, so that would be a really good area of drawing out information. So when you are like, you know, uh, maybe in a meditative state or when you're doing things that are more uh, creative or imaginative, that will be where you derive a lot of your insight and information Um from that. And it's also where you enjoy connecting in your relationships. So one-on-one connections uh, would definitely favor a more receptive approach to them as well. Larissa, thank you so much for the phone call. We have to move on here. We're not going to be able to get to everybody's calls, just so you know. We're only going to take a few more here tonight. Um, Let's go to Amanda. Amanda is calling from Indianapolis. Hey, Amanda, welcome to the program. What's your birth date in your, uh, your, the town you were born in, in time, if you've got the time of your birth as well? Okay. February 28th, 1986, Euclid, Ohio, 
and 1.25 a.m. Okay, and what was the name of that town city again? Euclid. You, you sorry, E-U-C-L-I-D, Ohio. Ohio, okay, got it. So 28th of February, 1986, 125 in the a.m. in Euclid, Ohio? Yes. Okay, great. So just to make this easier to digest, uh, I'm just going to talk about these one, one at a time, and then you tell me if it resonates as we go along. So your sun signs in Aquarius. Um, so this means the lens in which you view life is through the lens of what can be, how can we challenge the status quo? How can you challenge the status quo? How can you express your individuality? It's a very future-oriented energy, um, just like that 11th house we talked about. So it's very progressive. It's very innovative. It's very future and uh, unique and different in terms of your expression. Do you, view, do you view life in that way? Do you express yourself in that way? Kind of. Okay. I guess. <laughs> okay. And the area this is taking place in has to do with the personal life and the home life. So this would be the area that you recharge and revitalize. Do you feel like you recharge when you're in your private life or home life? Yes. Okay. And is there anything in the home or private life that you do that is, you know, progressive, innovative, different, unique, that, that again, honors that side of yourself? Um, I hang out in, uh, chat rooms online. Okay. So, yeah. So, Aquarius rules, technology, online stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's great. So, that's, that's, that kind of stuff that's like group-oriented, progressive, innovative type of stuff, that's what's going to give you that energy and vitality, especially if it's done around the personal life because, again, if, if it's more personal or more private in that sense, that's or at home in this case, that's what gives okay. you that vitality and energy. Yeah. And then your moon sign um, is also in the same area as Aquarius, the 11th house in Virgo. So in this sense, uh, your inner self needs this kind of detail-oriented pragmatism. Do you feel like when things are more organized or structured, do you feel like emotionally secure, like comfortable, like you're more attuned and more need that kind of structure in your in your day-to-day yes okay so that's that's very good there for the emotional security in your personal life and private life with that okay yeah so those two things i think if you incorporate both of those aspects of your personality that can be super helpful and then just in terms of a life path thing like always challenge yourself with your self-expression and your creativity Um, that's always going to be a great area of growth like whatever your passions are um, or whoever your passions are too, um, that's always going to help bring a lot of balance into your life and help challenge you. Okay, thank you. Amanda, okay. you're yeah, welcome. Thanks for the call, Amanda. We appreciate it. Let's try to grab one more here. This is uh, Anthony in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Hi, Anthony. What's your birth date? Uh, what town were you born in? And if you have the time, that's helpful as well. Hi, uh, my birth date is July 19th, 1959. My time is 4.43 p.m., and that town is Hazleton, H-A-Z-L-E-T-O-N, P-A. Okay. Hazleton. 
Pennsylvania. Okay, so I have 19th of July, 1959, 1643 or 443 in the p.m. in Hazleton, PA. That's correct. Is that correct? Okay. So, all right, so we'll do the same thing here. So your son is in cancer. Um, mm -hmm. The lens in which you view life is through the lens of how can you create a protective environment for yourself and others. Um, do you feel like you have that protective side to your personality um, in terms of like the people yeah. in your life or the things in your life that are important to you on that like internal level? Yes, I do. Okay, so that's great. So continue to develop that. That's always going to give you vitality and energy. Um, and then like a lot of the viewers, actually, almost everyone has this eighth house emphasis, which makes sense because it's about depth and truth and hidden things and stuff. So with your son here, like always focusing on the truth, like you just naturally have this awareness of the deep truth of things. And so giving yourself that time to dive deep with matters, uncover hidden stuff, see the truth, that's always going to revitalize you, especially if you can find some time out to uh, kind of dive deep within yourself and do some of like healing and transformative work, which will always revitalize you with your son. Now, your inner personality is the moon in Sagittarius, so you do need this more expansive energy in your life to feel emotionally secure. Um, do you find that, like, when you are expanding your horizons, either through abstract thought and philosophy and stuff or through travel and adventure, but, again, mostly in your personal life, do you feel that kind of attunement to that where it kind of feeds your soul in that sense? Yes, yes. As far as, like, learning things in that, yes. Yeah, especially like higher learning, like like higher knowledge, uh, philosophy, abstract stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Okay. So then your moon in the second house is this um, this this very resourceful side to yourself too. Like you'll find when, when you're connected to the resources of life, like where there's stability in your life, like um, mm -hmm. maybe comforts or good food, good meals, or maybe you're connecting to nature or something like that beautiful things around you, that's going to give you that emotional security and ease there. Yes, that certainly and, does. What's that? I'm sorry? I said yes, that certainly does, especially like the yeah. beautiful thing, things and the good food. Nice. Good. Okay, well, great. Yeah, thank you for the phone call, Anthony. Um, Anthony is in ha Hazleton, Pennsylvania, and he was born in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Nice. Um, I don't know. Do you think we have time? We have, uh, can we do another one in three minutes, Athen? Oh, uh, yeah, I can do a quick one, sure. Okay, let's grab one more here. This is Joe in Indiana. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the program. Hey, how's everybody doing tonight? Great. What's your birth date, Good. your birth town, and if you have the time, that's helpful as well. Okay, it's 92466, St. Louis, Missouri, at 4.48 a.m. Okay, I have uh, 24th of September, 1966, at 4.48 in the a.m. in St. Louis, Missouri? Yes. Okay, awesome. All right, so your son is in Virgo, and so your view of life is very much about, again, that pragmatism. But I think a lot of this is centered around, like, your independence uh, very, uh, do you feel like you're a very independent person, can be quite direct and express yourself um, Oh yeah, quite easily? Yes, definitely. Cool. So, so doing that is going to energize you, give you vitality, 
And then especially if it's done in this pragmatic way that you do it, which, which is Virgo, just that methodical, like focusing on structure and what can be improved and detailed and that kind of thing. Your inner self is um, grounded. You have your moon in Capricorn, so the side of you that does come through at home is you do need there to be this kind of um, disciplined approach to things. You can have a really good sense of inner discipline and inner responsibility. Do you feel that? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yep. And then with your uh, self-expression, always get to express yourself just in general. That's always going to help you feel emotionally secure, like your passions, maybe hobbies, interests, creative outlets. That'll be very important for your emotional body there. Yes, I'm very expressive, believe me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Awesome. Okay, yeah, so I think uh, with those two things, um, you know, the earth energy, you have a lot of earth in your chart, good pragmatism, good responsibility, like that's, both of those things can be really good ways of working with your with your life. Joe, thank you so much for the phone call. We're just out of time now. I do have one more question for you, Athen. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's talk of a 13th sign. I mean, we're used to a 12 uh, sign zodiac wheel. What What's this 13th sign? So Fucus, um, it's a sign that shares the same part of the sky as Scorpio, and it deals with a lot of the same things Scorpio deals with. So Scorpio is about setting boundaries. It's about... It's like that eighth house energy we're talking about, getting into depth and intimacy and, and deeper connections and things. So Fucus is one step above that in that it deals specifically with healing and specifically with transformation and rejuvenation and things on that level. Athen, thanks so much for being here tonight. Once again, give your website and your YouTube channel out if people want to follow up on your work and also uh, the, uh, the way they can save 20% on reading. Yeah, um, so masteringthezodiac.com. And for the readings, uh, masteringthezodiac.com forward slash reality. And then if you want to check out the YouTube videos, it's, master, it's uh, youtube.com uh, forward slash mastering the zodiac. Or you can just type in mastering the zodiac and it'll come right up. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, JV. It's been a great time. Welcome back to the show again. Thanks to Athen for being with us tonight. And uh, I'm just still trying to get over the fact uh, that Orion said you, you don't you don't like meatloaf. Is that what you were saying? Um, you know, meatloaf I, is a personal friend of mine. I don't know if you recognize. I that. didn't. But meatloaf is delicious. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, we're talking about the Bad Out of Hell, the song that we just oh, used. Oh well, he, I mean, he was great in Rocky Horror. Yeah. Is that, is that as far as you're going to go? Yep. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. At least you're being honest. Um, so tomorrow night we've got Ryan O'Shea on the show. Ryan is an entrepreneur and a futurist. We're going to be talking about transhumanism, biohacking, the future of humanity. And it sounds like it's the future of humanity as technology intersects with humanity. Yeah. Uh, microchips implanted in you that can, I don't know, unlock hotel rooms, probably start your car, all this sort of thing. Yeah, what do you think about a microchip being implanted? Um, Let me ask you two questions. One is, what do you think about it in general? But two, what do you think if it's mandated? I don't want anything mandated. But, I mean, well, car insurance is mandated, right? What's the difference? Yeah, well, car insurance isn't implanted in your body either. (laughs) And if you don't want car insurance, you don't have to buy a car. Well, why don't you ask Ryan that question tomorrow? Yeah, I think I probably will if I can remember it. All right, uh, that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you for joining us here. Great program. And, again, thank you to Athen for being with us. His website is uh, what was the website? I forgot it was Mastering Mastering the Zodiac dot com. And that's also the name of his YouTube channel. And that's going to do it for tonight. We'll catch you all tomorrow night. It's Beyond Reality Radio. 
Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.Taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at JVJParanormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.